Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me today via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, this is not a season finale. This is not a wrap-up episode of the week that was. This is not a post-mortem anything. This is finally the beginning of a brand new season of Islanders Anxiety. And looking ahead at the preseason, training camp, preseason, season ahead. We got a couple of preview episodes coming up, but this is the first time we can be like, this is it. Moving on now. You know, we don't have to talk about what happened when we can move on and look forward to a new season of highs and lows uh, for our New York Island. Yeah. And, and the Islanders are and the fan base and the media are back in their natural state, uh, which is nice. Uh, we, we had a, a quick detour in right. high expectation land, uh, completely sputtered out as, you know, predictably as, as you'd imagine. Um, and now we're back to being kind of the the team where uh, people are kind of just asking, "Hey, what's the point? Like, how how would things be different if the Islanders didn't exist?" And uh, I would say that there are definitely some valid. Um, it's valid to ask that question if you're kind of an outsider, but of course, in the weeds here, like with you and me, uh, the the answer to that question: if the Islanders didn't exist, well, we'd be a whole lot happier. Um, and but they do exist, unfortunately. And now we have to f- take another adventure through a season um, where expectations are, are quite muted. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a new coach and um, it's their 50th anniversary, which, yeah. man, like that's, <laughs> that's something too. It's, it's right. that. So yeah, like I, you know, I joked with Carrie Haber a little bit 
you know, it was a little morbid joke, but um, that now that last season is behind us, last season was a two patch season. And I don't think mm. that, that, that should be lost on anyone. Like just how, how dark things got uh, for the Islanders, both on and off the ice um, that there's really only one way to go. Mm-hmm. You'd think, but everyone is still picking us to go the other way, which is <laughs> like I said, the natural state. Right. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about season previews. Uh, we're going to talk about sort of, you know, the the look aheads. But you're definitely right. Like, this is the sort of normal state of the franchise. People kind of looking past them. Uh, one outlet who we're going to talk about extensively throughout this episode has them slated to finish behind the New Jersey Devils <laughs> in the Metro div- Division standings. And, like, you know, that kind of stuff is bound to happen when you had a really sub-mediocre season uh last year even with all that extra stuff that we spent most of the season talking about that was kind of out of their control um but yeah things things right now are yeah muted i think is a good way to put it people are saying yeah you know they they could be all right maybe not so much but they got a new coach we don't know a whole lot about we'll talk about him too in in a few minutes um but yeah it's it's interesting it's it's gonna be uh uh very like if anybody who's followed the Islanders for a long time, this is the sort of way it's always been. Like nobody's ever really that excited to go into an Islanders season, or they're they're never one of those like, oh man, I can't wait to watch them this year. I mean, the, the friggin' Ottawa Senators are getting that treatment this year. You know, it's like, oh, I can't wait to watch the Sens take the ice, man. Maybe they're gonna be pretty good. The Red Wings too are getting that. You know, the Islanders they ain't getting that that kind of like. Even the Devils getting that. But and the Blue Jackets, oh yeah, can't wait to watch the Blue Jackets this year. Well, okay, they added one guy, I guess. It's kind of a fun play to play to watch. But uh, the Islanders are not not getting that treatment. So uh, it's you know it, it, that's the way it almost feels like it should be. It is their fiftieth anniversary, <laughs> I believe. The Kings won the cup in their fiftieth anniversary or something like that. Um, no, that would have been two thousand and seven. So would have been twenty seventeen. Well, whatever. There was around. I sign up for that. We, yeah, so uh, you never know. It's a very nice patch, by the way. Uh, the yeah, ice it is. Thing is kind of I, cool. It's funny because I think you're just talking about the natural state of things. <laughs> uh, especially during the Charles Wong era, like the early part of it, uh, you, you kind of just expected the Islanders to not do things right. like the 50th anniversary or remember they, they, they started the Hall of Fame and then just never <laughs> talked about it again. And they always just like kind of flub that kind of stuff. Mm. And um the I think the fiftieth anniversary celebration with, with this regime, which uh I mean they'll celebrate anything. Yeah. Know, it seems like you I was know gonna say these guys are not like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If uh, you know, an Islander fan wins like the, the longest throw in the javelin at the Olympics, like that <laughs> you, you could rest for sure. Like that right. that javelin's going to the rafters. Um but I I, I kinda like it because it is different. Like the alumni nights, we we didn't see alumni forever uh under mm-hmm. wong and no, it just it was it was a very strange kind of uh regime uh of course he had a lot of strengths as well but uh one of them was definitely not paying homage to like the yeah. kind of non-dynasty teams and uh so so i'm excited for the 50th anniversary because i think we're gonna see you know we we have our our sister podcast if you can call it that mm. weird islanders and, and we're gonna see a lot of weird islanders i think out Yes. And about it at UBS Arena this season as as they they do this 50th anniversary uh, celebration. So um, there's I think a lot of to be excited about in with that stuff too. It's it's hmm. it it might not seem and when talking about natural state of things, it I can't remember a season where the Islanders were were going into it like this 
expected to be this mediocre uh, because in the, <laughs> the pre-trots, it was mm. the, that famous Deadspin article, uh, mm. which kind of captured the sentiment of everybody. Uh, post During trots, everybody slowly bumped them up. And now they're back into this this mediocre, they're being picked to be mediocre. And like I said, just kind of pointless. Uh, mm. So it's been a while since that, because even even the first, the, excuse me, the last season before Trots with, the, it was the whole Tavares situation. So they, that was a mess. Then the, the year before that, it, it, it was just like, they, they, they were kind of on both sides of the pendulum for a while. And now, like I said, back to this, you know, very quiet, prove people wrong, chip on the shoulder uh, position in in the preview sphere. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think many outlets have, have posted their previews yeah. yet. Um, but when you, you're going to see basically everybody, you, you'll see, I think some people like putting in a little, I, you know, the Islanders could bounce back or mm. it might, they might be terrible. And I think that's about as deep as the analysis is going to get. Because uh, outside of that, I don't think anyone really knows how to handle this team. So, uh, oh, definitely not. Um, real quick, because you mentioned our sister podcast. Oh, by the way, I I think a lot of the Charles Wong sort of era, not really into the alumni. I think that might have been more of a Mike Milbury thing. To be honest with you, I, I read that Mike it could be wasn't a fan of bringing the old Islanders in because they probably tell him what a lousy job he was doing and <laughs> can feel like an outsider. But in any event, um, but Billy, you did mention Billy Smith's like chasing him. Down the oh, hallway, yeah. the concourse with, with the stick. Did I break your ankle in 1979? <laughs> yeah, Billy, that was me. All right, well, I'll do it again. Anyway, um, uh, but you did mention our sister podcast, Weird Islanders. And just before we go on, I just want to uh, kind of give everybody a heads up as to what our schedule is kind of kind of be like. We've we've already had discussion about moving some stuff around, but uh, in terms of the majority of the season. Um, Islanders Anxiety is probably going to release on Mondays. We're going to do most of our recordings on Sundays. Uh, so, you know, it'll come out that night or early, you know, Monday morning at midnight or something like that. So you can start every week with a fresh, hot new episode of Islanders Anxiety. Uh, again, there'll be some movement around. We've got, you know, lives and families and vacations and jobs and stuff. So uh, there, there is going to be any number of things uh, shifted. But generally speaking, it'll be Mondays uh, for Islanders Anxiety. Fridays will mostly be the release of Weird Islanders. We've already recorded a couple. We got a couple more on schedule um, to before the season started, and then obviously we're going to record them during the season. Those will come out on Fridays. Uh, you know, we fortunately we can record them kind of whenever, so we can drop them whenever. And uh, really looking forward to that. We got some great guests. We got some great picks coming up. So uh, look out for those on Fridays, and then on Wednesdays. Uh, starting February 1st, if you've been waiting for this, I really appreciate it. If you forgot about this, I wouldn't blame you. Uh, finally, the second season of Islanders Award Winners is happening. That's going to be Wednesdays, beginning February 1st, every week. Got eight episodes coming out. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, at Culture of Losing, I'll be running the first season on Wednesdays, too, to kind of get everybody ready. But uh, yeah, February 1st, second and final season of Islanders Award Winners is coming out. So tons and tons of podcasts coming out from Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network, uh, which is basically us. So, uh, you know, but uh, we, we will have some cool stuff along the way uh, and changes up. But that's the schedule we're looking at. So be ready. Get your podcast catchers ready. Um, but, yeah, let's uh, so let's look into the the previews here. The one that went up that that we've alluded to and Mike mentioned is the athletic one uh, written by Dom Lesugian and most Ken, and Sean Gentili with some help from Kevin Kurz. And I'm sure a lot of other people. And, you know, this is. It's basically more of the same. 
from this outlet that 95% of the hockey writers either pay no attention to the Islanders whatsoever or actively disdain them. And the two guys I mentioned, Lecision and Gentili, definitely fall into the latter category. They just actively disdain these people. And, and you know, there was some – it wasn't all bad. You know, it was mostly – you know, there were, I think at one point it said that there was like a 20% chance they could be a lottery team, a 20% chance they could be a playoff team, and a 20% chance they could be right in the middle. It's like, well, gee, thanks a lot. Like, that's really helpful <laughs> and descriptive. <laughs> I don't know what – okay, great, thanks. You did a lot of hard work here. Take the weekend off. You know, like, so – um, but you know, there's still the same little stupid digs about how, you know, th- this roster just isn't that good. And it's a, it's a middling roster. Uh, they, yes, they had a lot of, again, they, they did take into account all of the, you know, kind of off ice and just weirdness issues from last year. And that's fine. And I don't want to say that this was like a depressing thing and you know, it's, they deserve to be raked over the coals, but at the same time, it's just, it, it really reads as if people are like, like you said, like, what's the point of this team? And the thing that really drives me craziest, aside from the guys who wrote it, uh, and we'll talk about Dom in a second, but like the thing that drives me craziest is the the assumption that Lane Lambert is just Barry Trotz 2.0. Like he's just like, okay, well, this guy worked with Trotz for 15 whatever years through multiple teams. He's clearly just going to be Trotz again. And I'm like, I'm reading the stuff that, that Lane's talked about and like, you know, the reports that are coming out of training camp and I don't know if that's true. I think there's, yeah, sure, there's a lot of stuff that I'm sure rubbed off from from Barry to Lane and, you know, defensive structure and things like that. But I think that's kind of unfair to Lane Lambert to be like, yeah, well, this guy worked with this other guy, so it's going to be basically reading a second chapter out of the same book. I don't know about that. I, I think there's going to be some differences here, and I think that right there might be a little bit surprising. And, you know, when the Islanders, are, you know, inevitably drop like seven goals on some team in the first two weeks of the season, people are going to be, whoa, what happened here? It's like, yeah, well, a different coach you know i don't care who we worked with before it's a different coach so that's the thing that drove me the craziest was sort of like the assumption that well it's just kind of more of the same no they're different people one guy's got a full head of hair one guy had no hair one guy <laughs> you know seems to be pushing offense in in training camp and another guy was all about being safe and and you know protecting the the net at all costs so um i'm not gonna sit here and slander barry trotz you you guys all know that but that 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 to me was the the biggest sort of like man eh, whatever you know it's like I don't know. I, I can't buy that. Uh, what did you make of uh, of this uh, preview? I'm sure you have many, many thoughts. Uh, it was a lot. They wrote a lot, but much, yeah, I, not too much. I, I stopped kind of reading these. Mm. Um, I read the I would say, one. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, uh, that one, I was like, I was tempted. I read it. And, and like the first couple paragraphs, I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm not even going to go further than this. Um, <laughs> and it's just because I know you, you just the NHL is kind of like like a big barge like like it doesn't change quickly like you turn it slowly and to its new destination we 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 know who the generally speaking who the good teams are going to be and who the bad teams are going to be and there's only so many ways like you can change that tone that you you know for writers year to year unless you're you know a beat writer and kind of chasing little stories here and there but um so I just knew what was going to happen, and I knew knew that reading the the uh, article was going to make me want to like ha- pull these guys aside and and talk to them. And I can't do that obviously because they're <laughs> in different parts of the continent than I am, and right. you can't do that on Twitter and whatever. But um, so I kind of avoided it. No, and and just got feedback just through other people. And and from what I can tell, it's it's exactly what we expected, which is like I said, the natural state of things, mm. it, it must've really pained these folks to, 
to have to change their tone about the Islanders um, before <laughs> last season uh, and, and try to figure out how to talk about a team that is good um, supposed to, and is supposed to be good uh, when, when all they want to do is kind of make their the same retread jokes over and over and over again, mm-hmm. um, which they got to do again this year. So I got to, you know, avoid it. And, and I think a lot of it is that I have most of these folks muted at this point too, which is <laughs> nice. Um, and uh, yeah, very, very, that was, that was the decision I made last year that, that has really paid off in, in dividends. And, um, but I, I think you, you know, exactly going, you knew going into this part of the calendar, which is, you know, preview season, power ranking season, et cetera, what, what everyone who doesn't pay attention to the Islanders every day was going to say, like, you mm-hmm. know, like those, those, Opinions were formulated in March, yeah. Um, when when the team was, for all intents and purposes, eliminated from last year's playoffs, um, and then you knew what they were going to say in May when when Trotz was let go and and Lambert was re- his replacement. Um, and it, I, honestly, it made me feel like relieved that nobody was <laughs> bullish, more bullish than I expected. Uh, you know, I didn't hear that anyone was more bullish than expected on on the Islanders because. Like you said, I think people are going to underestimate just what a different voice can do. And you and I both, you know, I love Barry Trotz and, uh, you know, I, I, I miss him and it's, and it's been a little, a little sad, like not mm. seeing him and not, not right. hearing like the same, you know, Trotzy and pieces of wisdom in camp and seeing the young, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to see that, you know, Simon Holmstrom's getting his chance and, and, mm. and Wallstrom's playing and whatever, you know, th- those guys would be, would have been cut already. Like you, you, mm. they'd be back in Bridgeport at the Bridgeport camp, but because they're not the prerequisite age to, to be this far <laughs> into camp under trots. Um, but uh, it's, I think people are underestimating what um, a different voice can do because this, the, the thing that has kind of made me a little more optimistic about the coaching change it, over the past months, as, as I've thought about the Islanders when, in August when you should definitely not be thinking about the Islanders uh, <laughs> is that it is the same roster basically returning. Yes. Uh, so if, if you did have the same coach with the same roster, then you're talking about a little bit of a different situation where it's like, okay, they probably aren't maybe going to nothing, nothing really could change or, you know, not much will change, but with a, a new head coach and, and no matter if he was Trotz's assistant or not. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see if, if Red Wings writers and people, when they talk about the Red Wings, they're saying like, Oh, Derek Lalonde is, is going to be just like John Cooper. Cause he was his assistant. Um, like they're doing with Trotz and Lambert, but uh, things will be different. Like, and, and I think one of the big things just to note is that Trotz had his, his kind of formula and it worked for it. I mean, it, it provided fans and, this team with the best season that we've had in since the dynasty basically and mm-hmm. uh it worked but it didn't it didn't work last year so like if 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 that formula was was retread that it would probably be a problem and with Lambert already you're starting to see signs of like tinkering it a little bit and and try and and trying things that Trotz probably just wouldn't have done um whether it be uh Barzell playing with with new line mates, or the breaking up Martin Sezikis and Clutterbuck line, or or at least just not guaranteeing those spaces or those roster spots for these guys. Because I think if if we were entering this training camp with Trotz as head coach, you, me, and everybody listening to the show could write down the opening night roster 
the the 20 players in it, the, the three scratches, and basically jot in how many games each person's going to play, who they're going to play with, and feel pretty confident about it. Uh, and like I said, that formula worked. It did work. Uh, but it, it, it then ran, ran out of steam, and now we get a new one. And I frankly don't have any idea what the – the line combinations, I think the defense, we have a pretty good idea of what it's going to look like. But, um, you know, last last season and, and the season before that, Michael Dalcole and, and Sebastian Ajo spent so much time in the press box. Um, and you just knew that was going to be the case, right? It was going to be Bellows, Dalcole, Ajo in the press box every night unless there was an injury. And this year, it could be someone else. Like Matt Martin could be in the press box. Maybe we see mm-hmm. someone surprise and go on waivers. Like they're, they're, it just feels like the, the team has changed so little. but it feels like uh, to this group, like a minor change like that, whether it's just just hyper- hypothetically Martin not starting this the season on the, the opening night roster, that does feel like you know, it's 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 kind of funny to say, but it does feel like like scratching someone like Matt Martin or or waving someone like Ross Johnston would be a uh, not a you know seismic as, as hyperbolic, but you know this is the the first podcast of the season and you got to be hyperbolic at this time of the year so that would be like a seismic change to like what we've come to expect sure. out of this team I, and I, you know what's funny too it, it just occurred to me you know yeah this is not only is this the same roster basically plus one alex romanoff from last year but it's largely the same roster for the last five years like right we, yeah you know i mean trots took over the exact same roster that missed the playoffs by you know, 30 points under Doug Wade the year before. <laughs> and then not only took them to, you know, the, like you said, their best season since the dynasty, but a first round sweep. Like, so it's not like you couldn't get a different result from the same roster with making, you know, a coaching change. Like we've seen it before, you know, and, and that, but that, that's what kind of makes the sort of dismissiveness of a lot of these writers. So irritating. It's like, these guys have been the same for the longest time. And yet you still don't know who they are. And you still don't, you know, they're still rated this low. And and the thing that drives me crazy, and again, I, you know, I don't want to pretend like I feel like this team should have been, you know, higher in their rankings or whatever. I mean, who cares? Like they're they're preseason. Yeah, rankings. it just doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah but, I think I think, okay. I think as a as a Islander fans probably more than any other fan base, just know just to talk about being dismissive. It does right. just does not matter where your team is ranked before the season starts, and we no, just it know does that not. it's just. But there's, but there is a feeling of like, yeah, well, whatever, who cares, you know? And it's just like, you know, come on, like, there's, there's only so many teams, and like, I think we can get a little bit more than, than who cares. And meanwhile, every time the Penguins or the Leafs call somebody up from their minor league team, we get their entire history, we've gotten their family history, we know, you know, what they're capable of, what they did in junior, like, dude, but the Islanders kind of never get that. And uh, and the thing, and nobody kind of. I think crystallizes this more than the write-ups idea of JG Pajot. So JG Pajot, there's a line in there about how, you know, Pajot is overpaid. And what is he making? Like 5 million or something like that. And and it's like, there was a line that said, if he was making two and a half million, he would be, you know, a, a, a good contributor for his amount of production, but instead he's making 5 million and that makes him like grossly overpaid. And, and you know, that, that was a dumb thing. Like two years ago was not that long ago. Okay. My memory is bad, but it's not that bad. And I'm not a dumbass, and you're not a dumbass, and nobody listening to this is a dumbass. Like, this dude was a UFA. What UFA on this planet, in any sport, is going to take like two and a half million a year when he can go to sign anywhere? Like, it doesn't make any sense. This guy, there were 20 teams in the league that would have wanted this guy, which is why the, the Senators extracted so much. <laughs> was, was it two, pick, two first round picks or 
a first rounder and a third rounder or something like that. Yes, it was it was a haul. Yeah, it was a lot. But yeah, because somebody was going to sign him. Like that was a lot. And so to and the other thing is, okay, he's making five million. I get that. But like, did you see him play in the playoffs the last couple of years? He was really good. <laughs> like the Islanders would not have gotten to where they got without Pajot in either of those two seasons. So like. You can't be there. You can't say they like, I mean, I can't. Can you believe they gave this guy this contract? Yes, I can. Because every team in the <laughs> league would have given that guy that contract. Because this is Earth in 2020 or 2022. This is the way it works. You know, yeah. it wasn't like they were bet. We've seen the Islanders bet against themselves. This isn't Andrew Ladd that, you know, they didn't need to sign and they gave him way too much. Like that, I get. You know, that was a, a contract that didn't need to be given out. But like they needed this player at that time and they paid him commensurate to that and they got production out of him when it counts that's the thing so like to sit here and be like oh they're giving him too much well what happened yeah okay i get that but like what about what he's given them for that money already i mean would you right. give Peugeot five million for the last two playoffs rounds or the two previous yeah, out of yes, my own pocket like like for the <laughs> exactly. goals he scored game game one against pittsburgh that right. series like like that and it goes back to this whole the way the media has kind of shifted towards mm the um if it if if i can't make sense of it on this blob chart (laughs) then it's gonna then i'm gonna just disagree with it rather than taking a step back and looking at the context which you know what i can't wait to talk about the leafs in a little bit and the way the media is handling the 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 leafs but uh before the season everyone keeps excusing the leafs contract situation saying this team was affected more than any other team in by the pandemic which is something that chris johnston said right after they got eliminated and now everyone's yeah. kind of picked that up and, and ran with it. Talk the Islanders gave that contract to Peugeot before the, the, the pandemic. They gave Landers Lee the extension before the pandemic. Like they gave Brock Nelson before everyone on, except for like six guys <laughs> has gotten paid their, their, you know, their big extension before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Peugeot one to me, like you, you, all you, all people talk about is how in, in the NHL, you need to be strong down the middle, strong mm-hmm. on the blue line, and good in goal. Peugeot is a good third line center, and yeah. if you if you're a team that needs a third line center and you're going to overpay for him, then go ahead and do it. And I I get that he was, um, I, I, I underwhelming last season, but look around him. Mm. <laughs> the whole team was like right. the whole there was. I think you could say you can make a strong case that four Islanders overperformed last season. Mm-hmm. Four. There's 20 guys on a on a on the ice at a, on a night. Right. Nelson, Dobson, Sorokin, and I can't even come up with another one. So it might be three. <laughs> like, it's like like these this team was bad last year. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like with these these uh these projections, it's like all it tells you was was the team good last year or were they bad? And if mm. they were bad, did they sign someone that we think is good? And that's it. Like yeah, the Islanders were bad last year. And you 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 can add that context to everything. They were out of the playoff race by Thanksgiving. Like the two of us tried our best <laughs> to be like, you know, if they go on an eleven one and one stretch through these games and and go into the All Star break, you know, hot. You just never know. Um, and that was in November. Like the the season was over by the time they got to UBS Arena because the the league didn't shut them down and like there was all this stuff going on. Of course, everyone was going to struggle. Like what the hell were they even playing for in this? You know, it was a year from hell. They lost Clark. The Islanders' best moment of the season. They mm. they got above NHL 500. They beat the Coyotes, and the yeah. second the whistle blew, the horn blew, they announced Clark Gillies died. Like 
this this the season the season right. was never going to get better. Like at, at it was yeah. so clear from from that uh, that losing streak and the COVID issues. Like, of course these guys were going to struggle. Do you think that JG Pajot was having a fun time showing up to work? Like, no, right. of course not. That's why like a, a fresh slate and a new coach and all this like it 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 should give you a little bit of optimism and and like right. none of this context ever makes its way into uh, these these previews and I. I, I at Action Network, I, I write something basically ranking the teams based on um, market sentiment, like third, the, the most overrated team to the least, uh, to the most underrated team, thirty-two to one, and and I try my best to like put that into context. Like, yeah, the Senators were 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 bad last year, but do you think they had a good time showing up to work after they started the season like two eleven and three? The Coyotes, like those, like it's not these are human beings at, right. at a level, and it, instead of just being like, well. You know, he, he, uh, his, when he was playing with, when Zach Parisi was playing with Matt Barzell, like they got outscored 13 to 10. Like, yeah, of course they got outscored. Like the team was bad. Like this team was not good last year. They weren't having fun. They were showing up to work 20 points adrift of the playoff race by the time Thanksgiving came around. Like it's not, (laughs) it's not, it's not that hard to like, to kind of, if you're going to wipe a slate clean, which we do every season. Then you just need to do it, and you just be like, okay, like here's here's what we think about these teams, not you know what what the numbers from last season tell us about it, because it's different. Like nobody picked the Los Angeles Kings last year to, to do well. Nobody picked the Flames to be as good as they were. It's mm. just that's why these things you know are so annoying because they're just they're go- they're wrong. Like they're going to be wrong. You're going to yeah. be right about four teams out of thirty two, and and that's it. So yeah, um, that is I guess my way of saying don't it's just not even worth reading them right. um, at all. Like it, unless you are someone who who's into wanting, wants to read them and keep receipts or whatever, mm-hmm. go right ahead. But it's like, you you know exactly what they're going to say about every player. Yes. And I can tell you that they don't know who, who Simon Holmstrom is. And they don't know who <laughs> they don't know who like it. They, they're going to think Alex Romanov isn't going to make a big difference. Despite the fact that he's half the age of the guy that he was playing, <laughs> that his spot he's replacing. Right. And he's 17 years younger than the other guy that he's kind of replacing like that that stuff's just not going to pop up in those previews you you know the ones that 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 stuff will be given nuance to um you probably already read and listened to them yeah well and and in dom dom lecision's case you know as the guy who kind of is the lead person writing these things like these are all based on his model his statistical model that absolutely hates the islanders like it, it hates it's based on his you know calculations and stuff and his model has consistently hated the islanders for this entire time and he's he's said that but then the man himself clearly hates at least the islanders fan base because he's constantly harping on the fact that people are always mad at him it's like well dude you built this model that hates the islanders and people are going to be mad at you like i don't know (laughs) it's not really a shock that this happens but it sort of colors everything and the fact that you know there's just not that kind of nuance there that, that looks in and what we're going to talk about Matt Barzell's um, uh, 31, 32 thoughts uh, interview in the second half a lot, but Barzell just came out and said, it wasn't even the road trip that bothered them. It was the COVID like that was the big thing. And I don't think we'll ever really know the full extent. I mean, they had three, three right pauses due to COVID. Yeah. They had probably half the roster for sure. They, they played they their third it. home game at yeah. UBS arena, their third ever home game. With one opening night defenseman, Scott yeah. Mayfield. It was Mayfield. Thomas Hickey played. He wore number 42. <laughs> He's worn f- three different numbers in a stint yeah. with the Islanders. And good luck to Thomas with the Devils, by the way. Like yeah. It would be great to see him stick around the NHL. But um, yeah. it was him. It was Mayfield, Hickey, Paul, 
Effin Ledoux, yeah. like I mean, Robin Salo, I think Aho, like Sebastian. Aho, uh-huh. No, Robin Salo, I think was playing top line with, with yeah. Scott Mayfield, and then and then people are like, oh, you know, he didn't have a great, you know, he didn't show well in his first NHL go round. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, like he played, he played top pair minutes on a COVID ravaged team where Andy Andrioff was scoring the only yes. goal. Like, yeah. like this is this is this is like the point. Like, yeah, the Islanders were bad last year. Mm. They were bad, and it sucked. And they they didn't deserve to make the playoffs despite all the stuff that went wrong. But there was a reason. There were reasons they were bad. And you yeah. and you either deal with that stuff well as a team, or you don't. And they didn't deal with it well. They didn't yeah. deal with it, and they, and. The fact that they showed up to work and they saw Paul Ledoux and and Grant Hutton and Andy Andrioff opening up UBS Arena, mm. playing against the Rangers the third game, like that, that there's you can in horse racing like you a lot of times when when people are handicapping races they'll be like yeah I'm gonna draw a line through that race because he got bumped at the start he you know had a bad trip the the jockey flew off the back whatever. Like you could just draw a line through this seat that season if you want to, and you have every right to do it because just think about what we just said. Like these guys were not only did the, the and I think Barzell's point about the COVID is right. Mm. The, the road trip sucked, but it and it was and but what it did more than anything was it just kind of threw off their schedule a little bit. They were playing those like three games here, yeah. getting like six nights Week off, and they yeah. play again and then whatever. And because of that, when the COVID hit them. And the, and the league didn't pause them. And then they finally paused everybody and, and started postponing games. The Islanders schedule became so condensed too. Like it, yeah. the ripple effect of, of being the COVID outbreak for them right at the end of that road trip, by the way, like was yeah. literally through the season into a, a different universe where Trotz was calling them an independent football team. Like that doesn't play on <laughs> a set schedule in a conference. Right. And it's, that's how it felt the whole season. Remember, so yeah, like, that's yeah. why the model doesn't like the Islanders that year. That's why this this <laughs> hockey writer is going to pick against the Islanders because they see eighty four points and they know that the surface is they they had the opening night road or opening month road trip and they had a COVID outbreak where, yeah, those things then turned into a whole lot of other things. Yeah, it was uh, a don't forget season. J- Josh Bailey was literally trapped in Florida for two weeks. <laughs> they didn't know where Matt Barzell was. Right? <laughs> they didn't know where Matt Barzell was, right, for, for a week. So, like, yeah, and, and Barzell was open. And, and you know, actually, Anders Lee said something that you had said, too, which was just they didn't they didn't rise above it. And I, you wouldn't blame them. Like, it was just it was a brutal season. Um, also at The Athletic uh, is an article, and we'll talk about this real quick before our break, um, by Kevin Kurz. Actually, kind of looking forward to it, and almost as another fresh start, I feel like, Kurz kind of deserves one of the He started halfway through last season. It's the worst season ever. You know, now it's like he can start the season. He can act, you know, like a regular sports writer again, talking to people in the locker room. He knows a lot more about the island, about the team now, the fan base. So I'm actually I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing what what you know we get from him this year. Uh and uh hopefully it's a lot more than his colleagues at the athletic give us, but, um, (laughs) um, but, uh, you know, and he, he wrote about a lot of, you know, sort of training camp stuff and, um, you know, talked about how the young guys kind of need to step up. looks like Atu Ratu and Dufour probably headed back to Bridgeport, which really shouldn't be a shock to anybody. And Hey, look, if they kill it down in Bridgeport, then bring them up. I I have no problem with them going down there. That's just how it works. Holmstrom gets a whole big write up. He's, he's been on Barzell's wing for a little while. I don't know how long that's going to last. But, uh, you know, it's it's, it's going to show me time for him at least a little bit. He had an okay season last year, but uh, I want to see him, you know, do something. And and if and listen, 
I know it sounds weird to look at a line like, oh, Barzell, Parisi, and Holmstrom. Maybe it works. I don't know. But you know, Holmstrom is definitely kind of on the same sort of age trajectory as Barzell. Uh, and then Wallstrom gets a lot of stuff, too. And, and you know, my thing with Wallstrom is um, I was actually really encouraged by what he said this offseason, which is that he, his brain wasn't always on the game last year. I don't know if he was if that meant implied like off ice stuff or just kind of like maybe getting a little bit kind of missing the forest through the trees sort of stuff when playing. Uh, and he was on the island all summer. He was training with Matt Martin. I believe Noah Dobson, too. was, on, And I, I, I like to see that kind of stuff. He's put on muscle, apparently. Because um, this is a big year for for Wally, I think, too. And, I mean, everybody wants him to succeed. He's got the big shot. We all want to see it used. I, I, I'm I'm a little bit over the whole, like, well, oh, he and Trotz, you know, Trotz didn't <laughs> use him effectively. Like, this dude spent a third of the season on a line with Matt Barzell. And I think he produced, what was it, like three points in 27 yeah. games or something along those lines. And it's like, dude, at some point it's on you. Like at some point you, you can, uh, there could be a disconnect with the coach. Everybody's got a problem with their boss every once in a while. Maybe he didn't see you, he was talking and you weren't getting it or, he, or you were talking and he wasn't getting it. I get it. It happens. But like at some point you're on the ice during a game and you got to make it work. And he just didn't. I didn't talk about not kind of rising to the occasion. But I'm hoping that this is, you know, this is a big one for him. Again, spending time on the off, uh, on the island hanging out with Matty Martz. And I'm not saying that he's the next Mitch Marner or anything, but uh, Matt Martin does have a way with the young guys. They, they love hanging out with him. So, uh, you know, I, I'm excited. I think more than anybody, this offseason has made me more excited to see what, what uh, Wallstrom can do this year in particular because uh, it looks like yeah. he's, he's ready, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, starting with, with, with Wallstrom, I think you and I um, last season kind of, I guess, refuted that that notion of, this it's Trotz's fault that he was not playing well or whatever pretty pretty early on and the 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 return on that um hypothesis ended up i think being correct that he and he just wasn't playing well like he didn't play well he was his and i think his him saying that his head wasn't in the right spot was very evident like i think that we were saying that like even on the podcast like he just doesn't look um with it and so to hear him kind of just own up to that is is great, uh, and I'm excited because he's of of the scoring wingers or the the guys um, who who are going to be in hopefully in that top six that uh, have the highest upside. He's probably at the top of the list. Like we know what Kyle Palmieri can do, and 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 Palmieri had that incredibly um, snake bitten start to last season, and then kind of caught on. And I think that player we saw in the second half is what we'll probably see for most of the season this year, as long as he stays healthy and stuff. And um, he, uh, you know, you, you can pretty safely assume that Kyle Palmieri will be in that 20 to 30 goal range. Um, mm. Whereas someone like Wallstrom, you could tell me he's going to score, you know, eight goals and have 11 assists in 65 games. And I can say that, you know, I could see that kind of season and you could, or you can tell me he's going to score, you know, 26 and, you know, have like a, almost like a, the high level, you know, scoring winger when, when Mike Hoffman, when every Islander fan wanted Mike Hoffman, wanted to drive Mike Hoffman <laughs> to Uniondale, like, like that season, like 32 goals, right. lethal on the power play. Um, and I would say, yeah, I could see that as well. Like, I think he's, he's being counted on here. And, and I think what, what the Islanders do from a, a personnel standpoint for the rest of the season will come down to what player Walsham is. Cause if he doesn't succeed in that role and becomes a, <laughs> this sounds rough, but like if he becomes Kiefer Bellows, where he's he just 
don't know what you can count on from him um, on a nightly basis, uh, despite the offensive talents that he has, then the Islanders probably will need to, if they do want to compete, need to go out and get somebody to, to do that. Um, but if he doesn't, then it, the pressure is kind of off and, and that's good because then, because injuries happen and all sorts of weird stuff will happen and, and you, you're going to need to make moves to, to make up for, for that, like to fill holes for, that are inevitably going to open up from injury or, uh, and stuff and stuff like that. So yeah, I think, I think hearing that from Wallstrom, I, I'm, I'm excited. I think, you know, I, I'm, 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 I was kind of just frustrated with him and I think it wasn't, it was partly his fault because you, you get frustrated when players are playing poorly, but it was also a lot of the, uh, Isles Twitter echo chamber noise right. that surrounded him that I thought was just like oversimplifying and, and making and, excuses. And, and as we said before, like it was just a shitty year where like, yeah, exactly. Like COVID another one, <laughs> like, like he, you could, he, he played a lot with Matt Barzell. That's true. Right. But Matt Barzell wasn't Matt Barzell either. So like, right. it's like, yeah. It's, yeah. So, but the Holmstrom thing, Last season, I, I can't remember when exactly on the show we were talking about it, but maybe it's, there was just one point where we were like, by the way, have you noticed that Simon Holmstrom's having a pretty decent season in the AHL? Because we just <laughs> don't hear about it because the way right. that once again, like the Islanders prospect pool has been uh, covered by what, what has become the newspaper of record in hockey media these days mm-hmm. uh, is, is has decided that the the prospect pool is, is the one of the worst in hockey and has been for quite some time. Where Hmm. Once again, you need to add context there, which the Islanders have been good and they've been trading first round picks to to sustain that uh, for a while. And and you don't need to rush prospects when you're when you are good. Like think about Josh Bailey and think <laughs> about Simon Holmstrom. So Josh, when Josh Bailey came up, it was clear like the Islanders rushed his development. I think right. everybody who was involved in that decision, including the player himself, would probably say, I probably should have started my career, you know, going back to junior or in Bridgeport or whatever. Um, but, but the team was bad. And they had they had a, the opportunity to to play him on a bad team. He would he would be playing a, an in, impactful role on a really terrible team, which I, I think you can argue has merit. Like you want to see what you know what these guys can do and, and get them let them have a taste of playing next to a thirty eight year old Doug Waite um, in, in in a losing season or whatever. Whereas Holmstrom, like the Islanders, didn't have room for him, so they just could. They had the luxury of being patient, being able to be patient with their first round pick uh, from that. They, they reached for him, I guess, a little bit, according to prospect people. But it was because they could like they could take a gamble because they were good. Like they didn't need him to they weren't on a window where it's like, OK, we need this guy in two years to, to be contributing. Otherwise, this is a waste. Mm-hmm. So he got to develop and we're seeing like. Think about the lightning and stuff like the, these guys that like show up out of nowhere and all of a sudden are, I mean, the penguins did it forever too. Like they're, you're like, God damn it. Like this guy scored 21 goals this season. It's mm. I've never heard of him. And like, right. they're like, Oh, well he was, he was lighting it up in Syracuse. Well, right. <laughs> good. Like, so they didn't need to call him up. So right. the, uh, yeah, the, the, the Holmstrom thing, like he's just been quietly becoming a better hockey player, not mm. in the NHL. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. Like, I think he's, a guy that nobody ever talked about because everyone just assumes yeah, you know, the, 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 like I said before, with like opinions being formulated way before the opinion formulated on him was the Islanders reach for him. Mm. Then they, he, he didn't set the world on fire in his first season in the AHL. Then he got slowed down by the COVID shutdowns and the weird AHL season. Uh, and you know, okay, yeah, great. He had a, a good season in the AHL, but he probably needs one more, like, or maybe he's good. Like maybe this mm. guy is good. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited, and and I think that one of the these kind of ripple effects of having a new coach is that uh, 
if if he truly is not married, like like he said in the Kevin Kerr's article that you referenced, I'm not married to to anything right now. Like maybe Simon Holmstrom comes in and does steal a spot. Like we haven't seen an, a player steal a spot on this roster mm. in God knows how long. Like oh, oh, oh I mean, I couldn't even. Like, I mean, you could say Devon Taves was like the last person to really take advantage of an opportunity as like a young player. Yeah, but but even he got sent down and called back up at Christmas. Right, time. exactly. <laughs> like, like, so it's it's just yeah. it's been a really long time since that has happened. So, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe he does. Or, or and and I think to to like what I was saying before too about Holmstrom is the same thing kind of goes for Defour and 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 A two Ratu. Like, but let these guys develop and and if they play their way out uh, you know out of bridgeport that's great like that's there's no harm in sending these guys down to the ahl and letting them either you know light it up for a couple weeks and then calling on up because someone's gonna get hurt like you're gonna need these guys eventually like it's better to have them go the the simon holmstrom path than the josh bailey path which um and and of course like if you've listened to the show you know we love josh bailey like i i love that guy um but his first few seasons, you know, I think we're probably talking about a much different player if the Islanders handled him better. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's it's all again. It, it it's all development is never linear, is as I like to say. And you know, yeah. Oh, we all remember Josh Bailey's first few years <laughs> very clearly. Oh. And uh, yeah, I, I had no problem with these dudes starting in the mind. And oh, Lou always starts these guys in the mind. Well, yeah. That's that's where there's that's why there are minors there. But let me tell you, if if one of these guys comes out of this training camp having led the team in goals and looking like you know he can start in the NHL, then that's fine. Start him here. Like I don't know. I mean, Dufour, you know, had the the year of his life. <laughs> you know, I mean, he couldn't. Yeah. You can't have a better year of junior than that kid had. And you know, if it keeps it going and keeps producing, hey, great. But guess what? You're not playing against junior goalies anymore. Like you're playing against some pretty good ones now. So we'll see what happens. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk Matt Barzell's cool interview with 32 Thoughts, and uh, I don't know, just kick around some other stuff. <laughs> All right, so come back with us then. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and more featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Tons of cool jerseys out. Over the course of the summer uh, at VintageIceHockey.com. If you don't follow them on Twitter, you definitely should. You can see all that stuff. Uh, they also carry our Al Arbor t-shirt. And our portion goes directly to, this, to the Center for Dementia Research. Maybe another shirt coming this year. Keep your eyes open for that. Uh, and you can co- use the code Long Island, uh, all one word, Long Island, to save 10% off your order. That's VintageIceHockey.com. Seriously, follow them. 
on Instagram, on Twitter, because uh, on Facebook, I guess, too, because there's always cool stuff happening. And, and it's all just for, for serious hockey fans. You can't you can't beat it. Uh, try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio and Rosé, all under $15 a bottle. If you've been going to UBS for concerts and stuff this summer. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying it because they sell it there, too. And you can see it at thepinoproject.com as well. And uh, they're great. Uh, please drink responsibly. Uh, so for those who listen to the 32 Thoughts podcast, Elliot Friedman, Jeff Merrick, they have these uh, player interviews. Uh, you know, they they, ha- they spend you know, around 15, 20 minutes or so talking to a bunch of guys. And then they, they put out uh, podcasts in little cl- clumps. So it's, you know, four guys talking in this one episode, four different guys next one. And they had Matt Barzell on. He and Anders Lee were out in Vegas for the, uh, the media th- tour. And uh, Barzell's was fantastic. If you haven't heard it yet, definitely seek it out and find it. It's by far the best uh, Islanders uh, anything, really, during the course of the offseason season. Made you feel real good. Um, talked. He talked about how you know he, how into uh, close he is, and uh, how uh, you know what last year was like. Again, talking about how COVID really, really messed them up, and how they just never really got on on track. Uh, he's very excited for Lane Lambert. Obviously, a lot of people want to use that as kind of fire for like some kind of rift or something. I, I don't think it's that at all. I mean, I, I think Barzell even says at one point that he recognizes that Barry Trotz made him a better hockey player, but I think he also recognizes that like. This is a guy who talks about how much he's influenced by Sidney Crosby and how he wants to be the man. He wants to be that guy for the Islanders. And I want to see that him be that guy too. Uh, he also talked about wanting to sign a contract extension. And the man has not been shy about saying that he wants to sign an extension, preferably before the season starts. If not, you know, sometime after that, uh, Pierre Lebrun on uh, insider trading at TSN said that he heard that there might be some talking going on right now. Uh, the guy wants to stay, and this is not a situation like we've lived through before. This isn't a uh, well, you know, I want to stay, but we'll see what happens. Like it was, it isn't that. It's like this guy wants to stay. He wants to be an Islander for his career. Period. He doesn't want. He's not going to do it cheap. He's not going to sign for peanuts. Uh, but he wants something that's fair for both sides, and uh, and he'll sign on the dotted line as soon as he can. So that's great stuff. And like he just showed a lot of personality. They talked about like, do you want more attention? He was like, I don't know. I don't really, that doesn't really bother me that much, but he loves being on the island. He can go to the city for a show. He can go golf. He can go to the beach. You know, I, I think this is a thing, you know, we talk about how island, hockey f- players don't really know what it's like to live on the island uh, and, you know, what it's really the lifestyle is. But I think that's another underrated thing, too. I think Islanders fans just, they kind of have a more of a sort of chill outlook on seeing Islanders in the wild. <laughs> like, you know, they'll see, I'm sure Barzell gets run into all the time at restaurants and stuff. And people are like, Hey Matt, what's up? And they give him the chin up and like, Hey man, give him hell tomorrow. And, like, and that's it. And they move on with life, you know? And this isn't like, you know, in Toronto where there's probably guys digging through Austin Matthews trash, <laughs> like, you know? So, uh, it was great. If you haven't heard it yet, check it out. I'll put a link in the, in the article here, but, uh, I mean, it, it was great. And, I, you know, my expectations were really low. And I left there being like, man, uh, this guy's made me excited <laughs> for, the, yeah. for this season. It just it just was a great a great interview. I hope there's more coming down the way, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's he's the best, man. Like he I think we almost um, overlook him because he's the guy that draws the most breath right. about the Islanders from the outside. And when you're in the weeds, you know, we're, we're talking about Justin Papineau and guys like that, you know, on this show where, um, you know, that we should probably be talking more about Matt Barzell. Like we've probably spent more, more time last year talking about, uh, you know, guys like Andy Andrioff than than Matt Barzell. And, and, um, that's unfair, I guess, in a way. Um, 
and he showed us why we should be talking about him more in that interview because here is here we are like always talking about the nuance about the Islanders and what makes playing being a professional really well-paid person on Long Island so great uh all the time and we joke about Andrew Ladd in the schools and we we we, we talk about <laughs> Nabokov like when he fell in love with it here and uh but Matt Barzell probably did a better job than we ever have about selling the island and 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 talking about what what makes it so great and uh he his he he brought up that like one jersey thing again and right. how he wants to be a guy who who plays his entire career with with one team and he's he's so um he's he like there, there's nothing canned about his answers i guess yes whereas Very like the last answer. guy the last guy who kind of went through this like you said like it, it was <laughs> like dude just just get your publicist to to answer the questions if you want like if you're if you're just going to talk like a robot just you know your publicist is sitting right next to you he can he can give you the answers uh you know it's like it's it's very different and um he he brought up you know like like you said the golf and the shows and it i think there's a, f- a funny thing about these these players on long island it's like you're 25 miles from the city at, at most where these guys live generally um and for us like that means yeah you got to get on the train and the long island railroad like any other public transportation in this part of the country sucks but um for them that doesn't matter like they 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 can pay a driver and uber and whatever in and out and all that like they can enjoy the city get a car go into the city shop see a show go to dinner and then come back and um it's it's basically seamless for them like it's it's almost you're getting the best of both worlds like you're getting the uh experience of playing uh for a new york team without the downside which is like you said you're not gonna have if you're a new york nick like you can't go anywhere uh yeah. without being bothered matt my, i have a buddy who who caddies for a golf club uh on long island and, and he actually was caddying for a basketball player who was playing uh and i guess in the same group as barzell and um he's he's like i have no idea who he is like i didn't know and then i googled him and like this guy's great like i don't and he part of the confusion was like nobody was kind of you know right. bigging this guy up because like we do like we we're you're just part of the community when you're when you're when you're a member of the islanders you're not the you know you're not some crazy celebrity that uh we'll see and be like oh god like like i i ran into dennis seidenberg last summer um and i probably scared him more than like a normal person would but like all i said like i was like thanks i said because i recognized him i was like thanks for you know, bringing chara back and he just kind of laughed and nodded and walked away and <laughs> but it's like that kind of stuff you're going to get you're not going to get the the, you know, the, like you said, the Toronto, you know, Pierre LeBron right. isn't going to be sitting outside, you know, staking out, like eating, t- take out Chinese food in a, in his front seat of his car, watching Austin Matthews and his agent, like have a meeting from afar. Mm-hmm. You're just going to live a very normal life with like all the upside of being a <laughs> professional athlete in New York. Um, and he gave all that nuance. And, and that's why the, the interview was so encouraging. Like, I think, I think that's the, you said exciting. I think encouraging is another good word mm-hmm. for it because he, he gets it. Like, you're like, Oh God, like we've, we've heard so many guys come through this place and get it, but they're not Matt Barzell. Like they, like right. if getting to Bakov, God love him. Like he got it. Eventually it took, it took us tolling his contract to get him there, but he got right. it. Um, he's not Matt Barzell. Like if, if someone like Matt Barzell gets it, it's, it's a little bit of a different story. 
Uh, you know, Josh Bailey, he gets it. He 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 gets right. it for sure. Like, but he's not Matt Barzell. Matt Martin yeah. is going to be governor of you know when Long Island <laughs> secedes from New York and becomes its own state. Like, it, Matt Martin yeah. might be the governor. Like, this is yeah. he gets it, but he's not Matt Barzell. So, like, just this guy getting it is is mm. a huge deal from a fan perspective because it just shows like he he's he knows like like there is a a map of Long Island on the Islander jersey, and he's he loves that place. So like yeah. he he's playing for it. It's 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 it was awesome. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited for him. I'm excited to talk about him all season. I think he's going to have a really big season. He's, he's like another guy who has a chip on his shoulder. Do you remember the playoff when he had that like really quiet start to the playoffs mm. two years ago? Yeah. And then all of a sudden everyone started talking about how he's been pretty quiet and the Islanders are right. succeeding without him. And then he just, boom, like he yeah, took over. The, he was the Bruins series was his right. like breakout. Right. Yeah. And then he just, he was incredible in game six against the lightning he was incredible yeah. in game one against the like it feels a little like that like people yeah. are starting to say like oh is this guy overrated is he overpaid yeah. is like what's he worth what's his contract going to be worth like is he is he just like a kind of a showman more than a contributor like yeah god matt barzell with a chip on his shoulder something like sign me up for that <laughs> um you know after we spent the first half of the episode kind of shitting on the athletics preview of the Islander season. Cause it was again, the same old tired jokes and, and situations and, and information from previous previews from them. Uh, there was, there is a link in there and I can put a link to this too. Cause I had, I had retweeted it too, um, to a, a project that Corey Snyder who goes by shutdown line on Twitter had done kind of examining w- what the deal is with Barzell for lack of a better uh, summary and why this guy who seems so, talented and and has so many skills skating shiftiness the passing why his sort of numbers have dipped down and uh it was a really a really good look at that sort of thing and again it was it used numbers but it used video and it used a lot of you know kind of situational stats and stuff to paint a picture of a guy who um has a lot of good to his game but you know some things that maybe don't you know you wouldn't think are a problem but kind of have become a problem but there's also a lot of weird in there too again going back to last year being you know not the islanders best year so it, it was a good look at a way you know it was a good in-depth look at a guy who by all rights should get in-depth looks all the time but of course doesn't and uh, i'll put a link in there too and, and obviously you could su- support Corey on his like patreon and stuff like that uh and uh you know he, he's a guy who you know again he's not an islanders fan but he, you know he, he treats the team with a level of respect that a lot of national writers uh don't but uh you know yeah i mean i think barzell is the kind of guy i want to see him get that kind of coverage where like we don't you don't have to qualify everything with being like, yeah, well, but he's an Islander. And it's like, you know, we have to like, every time he gets, he shows up somewhere, it's almost like it's the first time we're seeing him. It's like, no, this guy has been pretty good for a long time. I also hope that, um, I mean, I guess this would have run by now, so I guess it didn't happen, but I, I would hope that Anders Lee would get one of those 32 thoughts interviews too, because he's another guy who gets it. And I mean, if anybody can get you excited about this team, it's him. Like, I, I think to me, he's one of the more underrated, not only players in the league, but just a guy who, uh you know is is good at explaining things is is a good representative of the the team as like the conduit of the te- the islanders you can't find a better representative than anders lee <laughs> like this guy is just he does charity work he, he looks good he's good on the i mean he had 28 goals last year like that's that's for him that's that's a down year but i mean that's pretty pretty productive you talked before about guys that overproduced obviously the team had a ton of guys that underproduced. I think Anders Lee just kind of more or less produced. Like he was still, I mean, of all the guys that 
that were more or less the same as they always were. I think I think Lee is probably the closest to just yeah, that was an Andrews Lee type season. Maybe maybe you know what thirty five goals would be as normal, but yeah, ended up with twenty eight. Um, so that yeah, was the two really of them cool. are they're great like um yin and yang because like right. you know, yeah Anders is you, you can't pick a like a better kind of captain someone you want to represent the right. team and then and then you got Barzell who's his he's not a wild card by any stretch I mean he seems just like the most genuinely nice kind of guy with all mm. the talent in the world but like the two of them together um, right. you know are they're they're really good kind of picture of what the Islanders should be yeah if you know if they're good like you know these these are the, the faces and I mean they're they're both very handsome so it's like these are two very you know handsome talented guys who play professional hockey very mm. differently um I I don't want to. This is not the best comparison, but it's the one I could come up with right now. They're almost like sort of Jagger and Richards. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> obviously they're not two crazy rock and roll wild guys, but one guy is sort of like the the bedrock sort of leader of the group, and then the other guy is a sort of like wild card. Like you said, you know, like this guy he, he's the soloist. He's the you know the guy who's playing on stage smoking a cigarette and like you know immortal perhaps uh in some way so that i think that's a it's not the perfect uh analogy but it's pretty close too so yeah you're on the right path yeah exactly so uh so yeah you should definitely check those out um in terms of uh other media stuff uh i'm not prepared for this i meant to bring it up and i forgot uh apparently msg plus is now msg sportsnet the a combination of two things that islanders fans unfortunately are stuck with and hate the most MSG and Sportsnet <laughs> have combined. I don't think MSG Sportsnet has anything to do with like Canadian Sportsnet, but uh, Brendan Burke uh, tweeted something about that. And then there'd be like MSG Sportsnet two, I guess would be sort of the runoff channel. Um, I don't know. It's just, just look for it uh, out there. Uh, my wife and I here and our, our family, we re- recently switched to direct TV stream, uh, which is their streaming component. So, you know, we have cable vision internet, but we have DirecTV Stream. We don't have the cable vision anymore. And uh, they do have MSG, and I can get the Islanders. So if you're looking for a slightly cheaper option, uh, you can get that. And, you know, So I can get the Islanders, and yet we can still watch Disney Channel, Bravo, and uh, our usual <laughs> stuff, uh, you know, uh, AEW uh, on TNT and TBS. So we get our usual stuff. The only thing we're, that's missing is Channel 11, which is a weird thing to not have after having it for 46 years of my life uh it's kind of a weird thing to not see there wpi is it still it's not the wb anymore right no it's no um no it's still pix but i think they played they did play the wb stuff and now they're just sort of pix so they get all that syndicated stuff same with like channel nine used to be upn don't really do that anymore right 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 anyway uh so yeah so there you go um we didn't really talk too much about some of the names on this uh training camp roster that'll probably end up in bridgeport uh, we know the regulars, but like there's some guys here, uh, Andy Andrioff and Cole Bardreau. I guess Bardreau's healthy. He wasn't healthy <laughs> for a while there, so good for him. Um, uh, Lane Lambert's nephew, Jimmy, is here, so we'll see uh, what happens uh, there. Wearing the 68, no pressure. Uh, doing that. Oh, Nikita Shostakov is a guy. Who- Wait, yeah, we gotta talk about that. Where on earth did that one come from? Who and where uh, is Richard Panic? Yeah, like so, that was like, the the funniest part about the Sashnikov thing was that um, I was I was at uh, a doctor appointment and, and I'm like scrolling through Twitter and and I just saw a Chris Johnston tweet that Andy Sashnikov excuse me Andy Nikita Sashnikov had signed with the uh, Islanders, uh, but because I was looking for 
because I that's not because I was looking for it, because I do this so often where I'll like go on to CJ's Twitter and try to find some of, <laughs> some of his tweets from like six right. years ago or three years ago or last year that were just so ridiculous, you know, carrying water for Kyle Dubas. Um, <laughs> I just assumed that I was an old tweet and I just kind of right. scrolled by him. It must be on CJ's timeline in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then nope. uh, I realized, oh, no, he says I was like, what the hell? And yeah. Um, yeah, that one came out of nowhere, but the, it's just so true to form. Like this team always has a, a random guy from a European mm. league show up, not make the team. Everyone gets mad that he's not getting a chance, and then he disappears. And he's Jan right. Kovac and, <laughs> uh, and it's Oli Golshev, and now it's yeah. going to be Sashnikov, I guess. But like it was that one. Um, yeah, really you know, out of the blue. Yeah. That one came out of nowhere, and I, we should have we should have known it was coming because that's this is what they do, um, mm. and, and they didn't. And you know, Pia right. Shooter. So. Mm. Uh, yeah. And who's the guy, the, the Latvian guy, uh, Andresis, Mike Mixon, Andresis or whatever. Oh yeah. Is. Yeah. Matt's. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Mike's Andresis. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Wow. That's yeah, like now we're, we're yeah. getting close. We're getting close to having a full line you know, of, yeah. of guys. None of them are defensemen, unfortunately, but um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. A whopping 16 points in 87 games between the Leafs and blues. Uh, his big season was um, 2016, 2017 with the Leafs. He had 56 games. Five goals, four assists, nine points, and sixteen penalty minutes, which is actually kind of a lot, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, I know I wouldn't buy that jersey too quickly. Uh, but uh, that is a that is definitely a weird name to be on this list. Um, a lot of these guys were were Bridgeport dudes. Uh, Blade Jenkins, uh, Ishkahov is here. Ruslan Ishkahov is still here. Uh, Matthew Maggio, I think, was like a walk on type. Reese Newkirk, I'm excited to see him. I was excited when they they drafted him. I thought he was going to be like the next. Casey Zegas, and I think he's going to get a lot of time at Bridgeport. Uh, those are all forwards, defensemen. Dennis Chislowski. Chislowski is here. He was at rookie <laughs> camp through his own. He wanted to go to rookie camp, even though this dude is like 26 years old. So good on him for you know getting the extra yeah. extra reps in. Um, uh, Isaiah George, who was uh, drafted this year. I'm just kind of walking down the list here and just picking out guys who I kind of know. Samuel Bulldog from a couple of years ago. He might be getting, you know, I don't know if he's going to get a, I don't know about a, an NHL look, but. He's been around a long time. He had a terrible year last year, um, but I think hopefully once all that is subsided, because uh, he looks like he could be um, a real asset, kind of like a, an Adam Pellick type, you know, a defensive guy. Uh, Grant Hutton still here, as is Seth Helgeson, who was the uh, the sound t- the sound t- the Bridgeport Islanders captain, I believe, last year. Uh, and then in the goal, uh, the usuals: Jacob Skarek, uh, Corey Schneider. Back. Yeah, once again, Ken Appleby, Devils legend Ken Appleby is here as well. So. Um, you know, again, not a ton of surprises. The, if you check out Bridgeport games, you might be checking them out there. Oh, uh, sorry. Otto Koivula is still here as well. And yes. we'll see what happens with, with old Otto this year. <laughs> um, however, uh, there are a few Islanders names that are missing and they are players that we have become familiar with throughout the many years together here. And they are, are no longer part of the organization. Some cases they haven't been part of the organization for a long time, but one thing I noticed was that a lot, awful lot of Islanders were popping up on other teams' PTO lists. Guys getting tryouts at camp, and so I wanted to pay tribute to these great men who have all <laughs> done time in the blue and orange and have moved on, and I wish them the best of luck. So here, right now, is the list of Islanders legends getting PTOs this year at training camp from other teams. Thomas Hickey, New Jersey. Christopher Gibson, Arizona. Nate Thompson, Los Angeles. 
Derek Broussard, Ottawa. Michael Dow Cole, Ottawa. JF. JF Ruby, <laughs> Florida. And Calvin DeHaan, Carolina. Again, because he once left the island of Carolina. We wish you all the best of luck and uh, and Godspeed. I don't know. I don't know if any of these guys are going to stick, but yeah. I, t- I tell uh, you what, if this was this, if we were at the Oscars and that was the montage, <laughs> the they would they would have saved Del Cole for the end, and he would have got yeah. the, the the biggest rip. Of, I should have. Yeah, you know, I was but, as I was reading it, I was like, I should have left Del Cole to the end, but that's okay. Yeah, he no, no, it makes sense to keep him on and you know to Broussard together at Ottawa, but uh, hmm. yeah, he's um. I'll, I'll tell you what, we we we'll, we do our bold specific predictions. Um, yes. The, the the annual tradition that we started last year, um, <laughs> we do that. We're going to do that in, in another episode before the season starts. But I'm going to give you one right now, and that's mm. Michael Dal Cole. I don't know what team he will be playing for. Ah, he's going to finish the season with a goal, and it's going to come <laughs> against the island. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I'm going to get out of my seat and cheering him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. And yeah, it, it might take all season. It might be the last game of the season. He'll get called up from somewhere or whatever. But, yeah, he's definitely scoring gold against the Islanders 100%. Oh, and you know what? I completely forgot. This guy might end up being on the list if we did it again. But uh, you asked before about Richard Ponick. Uh, Andrew Gross tweeting before uh, the Islanders say Richard Ponick, who is not in training camp, will be reassigned uh, to be determined on the reassignment, much like Bodie Wild, who will also – they have not decided he ain't here. But he, they don't know where he's going, so they're going to get you know, <laughs> these two guys. Another thing, that's another yeah. thing you can always pencil in for the Islanders is they just they just have a guy who kind of just disappears right. into the ether. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, this is man, this yeah. it's, it's it's Richard Ponick who, who's so, who's taking yeah. up that mantle. So, ah, yeah. What a what a. I mean, talk. We were talking about the the UBS games, the, the openers, mm. and he was playing on the first yep. line. Oh so, yeah, he was there. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, uh, God. I would um, not be surprised to see Ponick, and obviously I'm just I'm just making this up because I mean Gross tweeted this like a few hours ago, but like I remember when Matt Molson was assigned to play uh, in California because that's like where his I guess wife is from, and he's obviously John John Quick's brother-in-law and stuff. So I, I could see like Ponick having maybe he has ties to like Chicago or something, one of those other teams he played for, and it's like, all right, well, you know, you could go play for the Wolves and, like, live near your home and uh, just just do that, you know, or, like, when they sent Josh Hosang to the uh, the uh, St. Louis, uh, the, the San Antonio Rampage, remember that? Yeah. That was a weird thing. Right. So, so there you go. So, yeah, movement, and, um, yeah, I mean, the Islanders play their first preseason games this week. They haven't played any preseason games, so we were just talking before, the, you know, we came on, Expect some movement, expect some dudes on waivers, guys getting assigned back to Bridgeport and stuff like that. But I mean, they can't really do that unless they play some games at least and, and get a look at them that way. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, in a couple of days. Yeah, just don't uh, get hurt, man. That's it. Yes. We hate the preseason for a lot of reasons. and yeah. But number one is Mark Strider, Kyle Oposo. <laughs> man, oh man. Like Dion Phaneuf, yeah. I still don't oh trust him. And, and uh, yeah. Stay far away from Kyle Poso, and then uh, yeah, Strite was that was the Matt Molson yeah. hit and, uh, his own teammate. Jesus yeah. Christ, that that year had some promise to it too. And yeah, um, yeah. So I hate the preseason for that reason, and uh, I hate it a lot because uh, all you all you all you read about is um, you know, what guys have been doing their summer, and not guys. What 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 the how the Toronto Maple Leafs have spent their summer? Yeah, basically is, is what what most of the media focuses on between now and 
you you could say like October 3rd or so when usually a week before the season, that stuff starts to subside and it becomes, you know, life or death and who's going to get the fourth line, <laughs> you know, wings, left wing spot on, on Toronto. And, uh, but this, 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 um, this couple past couple of days, I've been listening to, you know, some Leafs content just to, to get in because they're really the only place that still is, that covers hockey like <laughs> every day during the preseason. And uh, I got to say my man, Chris Johnson is absolutely on one right now. He has some, some had some incredible quotes on various pod, podcasts that I listen to and I shouldn't listen to. It's uh, like I say it a hundred times a season, like I'm a huge loser. So I go out and seek this stuff out. And I listen to CJ say on um, some podcast called the leaf report with our man, James Myrtle, that Kyle Dubas has climbed more mountains than any of us can dream of. Then I heard him say on his own podcast that even if the Leafs don't make it out of the first round this season, he would consider everything except for firing Dubis because he's done such an exceptional job. So, I mean, he's like truly, truly on one right now. And um, it's worth it's worth just like uh, seeking these these kind of clips out. Don't listen to the whole thing like I do. It's it's not worth it. But like if you can find your way and skim through it or whatever, he's just he's in he's in another world right now. Um, so, you know, kudos to CJ for for really grabbing grabbing the the dubis uh yeah you know fight fighting the good fight for dubis and being the first one to do it before the season start like the, mm. the season hasn't even come close to starting and he's already uh yeah. defending him for losing in the first round so <laughs> you know, that's off CJ. <laughs> i was gonna say like to, to start the season that unhinged really it's takes amazing. a level of commitment that a lot of people can't reach it's impressive no, I, I, it's yeah. like it's almost like guy fieri like you're like right. he, you're just like dude you need to stop. You need to stop thinking of him as like a normal person, and, and let's just ap- appreciate him as an entertainer. And, right. and I'm doing that with CJ this season. I'm 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 done. You know, mm. ripping into him or whatever. I'm just gonna enjoy the ride. And boy, has he just paid off yeah. already? Because it's it's truly astonishing. I, I I have some you know people who it's a very niche sense of humor <laughs> that we talk about here, which is like absorbing Leafs content through the <laughs> prism of an Islander fan, right. <laughs> which is really just completely niche. But um, there are, you know, a group of like 12 people out there who who will regularly like send me clips and we'll talk in, on Twitter and like, or in DMs and just be like, did you just hear, did you read like all this mm-hmm. stuff? And, and it's, he's at a different level right now. Like right. guys like Myrtle and Jonas Siegel have a lot of catching up to do if they're trying, if they're going to, if they're going to be when like the Kyle Dubas mm. best friend award for the season, because CJ is, a runaway favorite. Wow. It's um and, and I mean think of those two guys that you just mentioned. Like, oh my god. I know, like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like this is right. this is like Connor McDavid just like mm. his best season ever. Like he right. CJ is the Connor McDavid of of defending <laughs> Kyle Dubas without being asked. So uh so well, know, I good, guess good for him. I guess Myrtle will probably like pace himself. Like Myrtle yeah. <laughs> Myrtle likes to wait for the first two months of the season to see who's like, you know, what what Leafs kind of have a few more points than you expected them to and then make their all-star game case or their, like, you know, <laughs> postseason Hull, award case. Yeah, Justin, Justin Hull. Justin the Norris Trophy no, campaign. No giving Justin Hull, yeah, Norris Trophy votes. I wonder why. Dude, it was December. <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about? Nobody's making any votes for the Norris. It's December. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I don't even know who, who won that. You're probably the same guys who always won that. You know, so it's <sighs> like, they're insane. They're just, they're yeah, just so they insane. Are, but they're they're so are, I do. They they do have their own lanes, and and that's the yeah, mm. Myrtle is is he's like he stalks the pace. Mm. Then you have um, yeah Jonas Siegel, who who he likes to focus on the the right. the in, high impact third and fourth line guys who 
end up getting waived in a couple of year, uh, a couple of weeks. <laughs> and, and then he just goes on to the guys that they were playing, whether it's Alex Galchenyuk or whoever, like um, he, so he's, he's full on for uh, Nicholas Obe Kubel and mm. um, Adam Gaudet. But once those guys get waived and, and yeah. whatever, he'll, he'll move on to whoever they bring in. So um, was he the, um, how the Leafs built Alex Galchenyuk guy or was that yeah, Joshua yeah. Cloak? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we'll, yeah, Cloak because Cloak, he likes to focus on the young, the prospects who who will never oh, get okay. called up too. Gotcha. So, and how how their how their their dads have like a Maple Leafs man cave, and yeah, right. he's he's yeah. you know whatever. So yeah, this is um they, they're yeah. all they're they're back they're all back. Yeah. But CJ is just I yeah. mean he well and, I, and then obviously Dom covers other stats in, right. in which yeah. case he yeah. builds a model that tells everybody that the Leafs are good and then he changes the model so that they're always good and he just kind of picks and chooses and takes stuff yeah. out yeah so. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and I'm, there is one vacancy, which is the kind of, um, and, and there's, they're all kind of touching on it, but nobody's, nobody's really grabbed hold of the champion for Matt Murray, um, mm. narrative. And, and so, like I said, some of them have started to talk about it. Like as soon as he got traded, they traded for him. Like they were right. like, Oh, you know, there is a universe where this works by the way. Um, <laughs> but like, nobody's really, uh, and I expect, I expect it to start like, I don't, Part of me hopes like Murray pitches a shutout in his first first game, and right. you know, obviously they'll have their meeting of the minds, and and you know, Joshua Cloak or Jonas Siegel will raise their hand and be, like, "I'll be the Murray guy. I'll be the the, the Matt Murray guy uh, for the season." Because if uh, yeah, if the shoe was on the other foot and Matt Murray was playing for the Buffalo Sabers, boy, yeah. uh, would they be having some some chortles at, at their yeah. at their behalf? So uh, yeah, that's that's the one vacancy. But like I said, if if you're if you're uh, have a sick twisted mind. Like I do, uh, it's worth. It's really worth trying to like yeah. seek out what what C, the stuff CJ's been putting out. He he has an if you don't even need to skim actually because he had an article oh. uh, about Dubis uh, for uh, whatever he writes for now. Um, let me hold, let me pop, type in reporter Chris in my my search. Mm. There he comes. He comes up first because I search it all the time <laughs> um, <laughs> just to see what he's up to. Uh, oh God, it was so good. That's he. His article was basically um, here. It is. Uh, he he said that it would be lunacy. Here's the, the tweet: New for North Star bet. Kyle Dubas seems unconcerned about his job security, which is smart. It would be lunacy for the Leafs to cut ties with their general manager after this season. Yeah. So that's on September 21st. The season starts October 13th. The Leafs won't lose on the first round until May, and right. he's already doing it. So yeah, that's um, it's worth it's worth seeking out. That's so funny. It's, it's, I know. Well, again, I'm sure I've said this before on this show. Oh, but before I get on, uh, I'm sure that uh, I, I could see the Murray sort of defending train coming from like one of the bigger guys, like a Drager or LeBron type. Mm, yeah. You know, you know what? They, they're probably keeping right. that seat warm for them. I, right. I could totally see an episode of 32 Thoughts featuring goalie whisperer Kevin Woodley telling you how great Matt Murray is, even though his goals against his save percentage is like 720 something and his, his goals against like eight but uh we'll see what happens but I, I, what i was gonna say was i'm sure i've said this on the show before if i haven't i definitely thought it but these types of things always whenever we talk about dubas and the leafs and their coverage i am reminded of the words of a great american philosopher whose name was david lee roth who once said that the reason rock critics love elvis costello is because they all look like elvis costello now, I like Elvis <laughs> Costello just just fine. Not as much as I like Van Halen, but 
Diamond Dave had a point. <laughs> Just put it that way. Oh, Not yeah. a lot of rock critics out there look like David Lee Roth, particularly 1984 version of David Lee Roth. So there you go. That's all I got. That's my that's my Kyle Dubas thing. It's the Elvis yeah. Costello rock critic. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up there. We've given everybody a lot to chew on. Uh, we will be back next week uh, again. <laughs> we we set up this whole schedule and then already we're like, eh, we got to move this around. But again, like I said, <laughs> it's, it's Sundays. We'll usually be our recording day for anxiety, so they usually pop out Monday. But next week, I think it's going to be more like um, uh, Wednesday for our full. We're, we're going to do the same thing we did last year, like the annual tradition, like Mike said, started last year. We're going to kind of uh, <laughs> preview the rest of the NHL, including the Islanders. We're going to do that next week. And then we'll have one more preview, I guess, after camp, just before the Islanders season actually gets started. We'll look at the you know, final roster, see where we're looking at. They play, uh, I believe, Florida on the 13th of uh, uh, October. So that'll be exciting. So we got a couple more preview episodes coming up. Plus we're recording weird Islanders. That'll pop up. Oh, I left off a very important thing. October 21st will be the first episode of weird Islanders. So you can look at that a couple of, you know, about a week or so after the season starts. Uh, So yeah, lots going on and a lot to chew on uh, until then. So um, we really appreciate you listening. Uh, Mike, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, The big league basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. We are just getting started, but the Wonder Goal and Line Change, Mike's Action Network podcasts are full swing already. So listen to them, read his work at Action Network, and uh, and enjoy that stuff as well. Maybe you can win some money too, which is always nice. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion, and uh, we will be back very shortly. All right, thanks for listening. Get hype for the season. Matt Barzell's hype. We're hype. It's going to be fun. All right, talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.